0: Hello and welcome to episode 79 of the FPL Hangover podcast, where we will be raising the bar and lowering the tone, all things FPL related, for one final time this season. We've come to the last stop on this FPL rollercoaster, and uh, yeah, there's been the usual ups and downs, twists and turns, and even the odd global pandemic thrown in there, but we're still here. 38 episodes later, and still the same self-obsessed, shallow FPL managers we've promised to always be. Now, as I said, it's the last episode, but don't fret, folks. This one is sure to be a special one. It's coming out in both video and audio format. So if you want to gaze upon your, uh, your favourite Irish FPL snake oil salesman, you need only go to YouTube. But before I continue... I must introduce a man that needs no introduction, but yet is forced to endure one every single week. He has successfully defended his own personal mini-league for the first time in almost a decade and a half. He's also my podcast partner in crime. No longer a boy, but now a man. Seamus, how are you getting on, my friend? I couldn't be doing any better after an introduction like that, could I? There you go. I thought I got a bit of stick from last week's introduction and it was a little harsh the whole mechanical puppet thing but you know i was trying to get in your head that got a lot of love yeah really i was just trying to get in your head there and maybe start you on tilt but it didn't work out and uh, everything went according to script Seamus you uh, you finished game week 38 plus with a bang i did yeah
1: um <clears throat> season as, as a whole wasn't exactly, uh, didn't exactly go to plan, but uh, finished strongly. That's all you can ask for. And uh, was worried with you coming up uh, right behind me with the free hit chip. That was a big worry. I was probably more worried about you in our mini league being, even though you were like 30 odd points behind me or forty. 40, I think it was 40 uh,
0: points.
1: Yeah, I think I, yeah, it was something like that. And I was more worried about you with a free hit chip than the two people uh, more immediately behind me, even though but they were still eighteen points and twenty five points behind or something. It's the so. presence
0: I carry, Seamus. It's you knew that free hit was it was a lethal weapon. It was like a you know a nunchuck in the hands of Bruce Lee. It's it's a lethal weapon in the hands of uh, somebody who knows how to wield such
1: weapon. Um so I don't like I think if it was in somebody else's hands I'd be like, uh eh, they'll probably mess this up. But you did exactly what you probably should have done, which is hit a team of players that are completely different to uh, to mine. Um, and it nearly went uh, according to plan until kind of late on in those
0: games in game week 38. The first... My players actually kind of came The first in. 15 minutes had you sweating, I'd say. Three goals in 15 oh, minutes. Oh, man. <laughs> I lost all my clean sheets. <laughs>
1: double Southampton defense was gone. Uh, you know, and then... Um, your all your forwards had scored. Aubameyang was tearing it up. Who I didn't have, and I was like, "This motherfucker's gonna get fucking four goals here." Um,
0: yeah, so it, kind of thankfully, my players turned it on in the second yeah. half and. uh,
1: gave me some breathing room it again. wasn't
0: to be uh, as you said They all all the ones that I was hoping to stay quiet i.e. your KDBs and your Sterlings they all uh, came good towards the end of the, the match and like Sterling what did he pick up something like 8 points KDB with a, a whopping what was it 19 or, or what was the total 19 yeah, points
1: oof. yeah 2 goals and assists assist. And uh, yeah, I got two goals without having to miss a penalty. So that's how you
0: do it, starting. <laughs> that is how you do uh, it. He also picked up uh, his 20th assist or whatever assist. So he, he leveled Henri's assist record and his own. Yeah, 23rd
1: of the FPL season. But in the actual Premier League, I think it's tied, which is like 20 or maybe 21. I
0: think it's 20. Is it? I think it's 20, uh, if memory serves me correctly. But you know yourself, you're seeing numbers so much now that the season's over. I, yeah. I don't know what's up and what's down. But, uh, yeah, you you won the league, the mini-league, all pretty much according to plan, as we were saying. What did you actually come out with uh, in Game Week 38? What was your result?
1: In uh, Game Week 38... I should be more prepared here. Here we go. In Game Week 38, I uh, I finished at 74 points, uh, which brought me to a final overall score of uh, 2,283, which is an overall rank of... 70,755. I've been there, Seamus. But 74 for the actual game week, which was, um, like, sounds like a really good game week, but there was such high scores this week. It was really a game week rank of 1.7 mil. Yeah. You know, it's not even a top mil score, despite it looking good. There was so many free hits, though. I was always just hoping that I would at least kind of be there, thereabouts.
0: uh, What was your transfers? You 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 went into game week 38 plus with two free transfers.
1: Yeah, I rolled and I got rid of my two Wolves players, turned out okay, so um, got rid of Doherty and I got rid of Jimenez, um, I was going to be benching Doherty anyway uh, against Chelsea, which kind of felt odd, but um, I was going to be benching him, so I brought in Kane who got 9 points, so that was a good move, and I brought in like Lampty for Brighton. Who uh, I stuck third on my bench in the end, so he he didn't Just, play. Uh, but um, still, those nine points from Kane much better than uh, Jimenez's two points. So. Yeah,
0: I thought you were actually trying to wig me out last week when you were talking about Kane. I expected you to go Sun. I thought you'd. Uh, I didn't. I, so when I saw Kane and I captain Kane this week, I was a little bit like, "Fuck!" Of all my differentials for my captain to be the same, uh, that's that was a bit of a. Bit of a kick in the teeth, but yeah, you happy with these nine points? I mean, you gotta like when he scored inside the first ten minutes, or I think it was it was pretty early. He scored, and you're thinking, okay, maybe this is exactly what we were talking about. He's gonna go on now, get a brace, maybe, maybe more. Uh, and he, he absolutely, he, yeah, it ended up staying one-one. He still picks up the three bonus points and comes out with, you know, on hindsight, a relatively respectful FPL return. Yeah, uh, that's the thing about
1: forwards. Like Ings, you see with Ings all the time. He gets scores one goal, he gets three bonus. Aubameyang is another, he's a terror for it. No, no terror. But these uh, the, these forwards, I was looking at the stats last night. I don't have it in front of me, but I can get up real quick. The um, If you were to sort statistics by bonus points, like I think forwards have all but one of the top like seven places. So top for bonus points this season was Ings with 40 bonus points. 40 fucking bonus yeah. points. <laughs> that's mad. And Aubameyang Young is next 37. Then you've got KDB. Then it's Vardy, him and his Rashford. So that's um five of the top six for bonus points this season are forwards, which tells you you score a goal you getting three bonus, as long as you're not missing penalties or something.
0: Even more so than midfielders. No, no, exactly. And that's fascinating. I didn't realize, actually, Ings had gotten so many bonus points. And he did score again this week. Another another one of your fucking magic men that I was hoping to stay quiet uh, for game week 38. Uh, but he got what I think everyone was expecting. You know, he got his goal. Uh, it wasn't enough to see him secure a golden boots. I think that honor went to Jamie Vardy in the end. But uh, yeah, he got his goal and eight points. Uh, what are you thinking for next year with Danny Ings? Are you already? Is he what price do you think he's coming in at? I didn't even want to do a lot of price predictions on this episode, but you know he's had a, a season that I don't think a single FPL pundit, manager, whoever the fuck you want to you know they want to call themselves mentioned Danny Ings at the start of the year in terms of you know this scale. This is crazy.
1: No, well, we dismissed him
0: ourselves at the
1: start of the year, didn't well, we? Well, I think it wasn't until um, we
0: went down for that FPL meetup in November, and you just wanted a bit of coverage for that first, uh, if memory serves me correct, Southampton Norwich game, and uh, uh, I think it was Southampton Watford, it was it? some yellow team, and uh, yeah. you, you wanted a bit of coverage for that, and it was from there that your Danny Ings love affair continued. Yeah, I mean, he had.
1: Scored a few goals before that, and he had looked kind of good, but at the same time some of those were kind of lucky, and I was like, maybe he won't keep this up, but I'll get him for a week or two and enjoy him while it lasts, you know, and I wanted him for that particular game week for the reason you said. Uh, scored a goal, got the three bonus, and I was like, okay. I think he did the same the following week or pretty soon after. When I realized I was onto a winner here, so there was no need to get rid of yeah. him. He just kept doing bits, and then before you know it, you know, he had a he had a whole hype train behind him and I wasn't going to get rid of him at that stage. So I was just onto him. Not the earliest. I can't say I was onto him from the very start. So he'd already like five goals by the time I got, got him. But yeah, he finished on what did he finish on? Twenty one goals. There was a variety finished on twenty two. Yeah. And that I mean. yeah, he actually slotted away a penalty, which if he had managed to do the week before, he would be tied for the golden boot. So.
0: Well, I mean, I'm sure he feels bad enough about that, Seamus. I don't know if he'll ever get that close to a Golden boost uh, trophy again. Yeah. I mean, I hope he does. I hope I'm I'm cutting him short there. And he proves me wrong. But, uh, yeah, I think it was actually one of the decisions, like, when we came back from Project Restart, it was one of my mistakes, was because I was using the unlimited transfers going into that Game Week 30+, and I believe you'd free-hit it in the Game Week 30+, plus. you came straight back into Danny Ings. I had left him... Uh, left him to the wayside for the likes of Calvert-Lewin who I held on to for far too fucking long and uh, yeah bit me in the arse definitely one of my key mistakes I think for uh, you know after, after that I'll lift it all lifted back up but yeah we talked about my team and you mentioned that you you, uh, you finished the season as, as an overall 70k familiar this is exactly pretty much where I was last year and uh, you mentioned that what was it you got a point less than I did last year uh, yeah, I noticed that I I ended up with a
1: 2283 was my total points this season and uh, as I said a rank of 70k. And last year I noticed you were on 2284, so a point a single point behind what you scored last year.
0: Although I think you were 75 to 77k or something. I really hope this trend doesn't continue into uh into the next FPL season where I just continue to plummet and you just you just match the season I had before, you know? Well, yeah, um
1: If I won it next year, although if I win it next year, I go ahead of you in our head-to-head, you know, battle. We're both uh, both Booker t this season, you know, five-time champions. My first back-to-back, I'm delighted. You know, you had
0: four in a row, was that right? Yeah, four in a row. I've won it five times, four in a row. So you've still got two years of working to do. But I don't want to, you know what, I have a a special guest
1: here, a little mini-league trophy, so I can actually check the dates on this. Yeah, you dominated the early parts of... uh, the 2010s, from 2011 to 2015,
0: you, you own this trophy. Yeah, and for those uh, partaking in our visual treat this week, the uh, personal mini-league trophy, is it's it's up there. It's out for everyone to see. But yeah, no, this week, as you mentioned, I went with all the differentials. And uh, it didn't turn out, uh, like, I was pretty happy. I got my Aubameyang fucking masterclass there last game week of the season. 16-point return. Can't complain with that. Kane with his nine points doubled, not too bad. Jesus even got on the score sheet, which, you know, was uh, which was to be expected. But Mara is getting left out. I think that was the big shocker. I mean, we didn't really touch on it, but I suppose the big news going into the game week was the team leaks. You know, everyone was kind of hoping there'd be a bit of information given out regarding, uh, you know, Man City's lineup against Norwich because everyone wanted to kind of target that. And you know completely understandable considering the result but what ended up happening was basically Liverpool's team leaked a little bit earlier everyone realized that Klopp was feeling a bunch of youngsters and uh thus Salah exited many uh an FPL manager with his finger on the pulse and in came the likes of Aubameyang the likes of Kane I wondered about that actually and I never got to ask you so
1: did you? were you monitoring that? Did you see that, Salah or Mane, in your team until that moment? No, I had
0: no Liverpool. Well, I mean, I mentioned it to you before we started recording. I, I played a risky game uh, before game week. 38 kicked off. I was free-hitting, but I decided to just basically not do anything until the very last minute. So it was 14.57, and I had yet to press free-hit. So at that stage, I was kind of sweating it. I was like, oh, fuck, fuck, fuck. I need to make some decisions. I need to make them quick, because if this timer runs out and I haven't even used my free hit and I have to come on and record an episode next week I, do, I don't think I'd be sitting here right now if that had happened but uh, I had so I had all the Liverpool information so I can't say I had any Liverpool players in my team but I meant I could kind of get the likes of Nico Williams in and know I was kind of banking on a, a playing 4 million defender for you know the champions of England either way yeah. go on you stuck him on your bench though. I stuck <laughs> him on my bench and they lost their clean sheet so it didn't make much of a fucking difference. But I think the main takeaway was I was hoping for a Spurs uh, trouncing of Crystal Palace. That didn't happen. 1-1. And yeah. uh, Son and Norie, Bo Blanken, was a big a big, you know, boo-boo for me with the likes of KDB and, and Fernandez, who I thought were kind of the key players I was leaving out. But all in all, I finished the season on 152k. So my... You know, again, for the second podcast uh, running, worst rank in, I don't know, 10, 11 years. I, I don't even know how bad, how long it's been since I finished outside the 100K, but, you know, we move on to next year and uh, hopefully I can just blame this on something that wasn't my fault.
1: Yeah. I mean, when I saw that, I was like, my whole thing is that, you know, you don't finish outside the top 100K. Um, that's just not something you do. Uh, you, you, pretty consistent last 10 years is the first time the last time that happened was when we weren't really playing so seriously and yeah it was it was surprising but it was just such a it was a hard season we can discuss the reasons for that later just going back to your free hit team i was surprised to see
0: that one of your three man city players was you with ederson in goals. are we doing our teams now or are you saving that for no, later we can do i've been i've been popping up as we've been chatting away but okay. uh yeah you're looking at my team yeah and- you you went for Ederson and goals. Um, now I know because I didn't like him, but I, did you not
1: think there was cheaper ways into, you know, clean sheets there? Now in the end, it turned out there wasn't because there was only what two clean sheets in the end, Chelsea and Man City or something like that was and Man United was. Um, like, was there anything else to kind of go like you should attack, like get David Silva in, get De Bruyne? Because I think we discussed a small bit before the pod. I was surprised not to see De Bruyne. I know you had to differentiate it up a bit going into the final game week of the season to catch up points, but did you not think, James is surely going to have one or two players here who's going to score points? Oh yeah,
0: no, 100%. Um, I was just kind of, you know, hoping I was wrong. I mean, as as you mentioned before the pod, I had uh, KDB in there pretty much, you know, sitting nice and tight. He was the one that didn't leave until the very, very end when I was looking at it all and I was kind of, you know, reviewing my approach to it and I was going, you know what, like you'd be hung for a sheep as a lamb and I feel like fuck it maybe son has one of his double digit days which he's completely capable of and KDB is just mm-hmm. quiet or maybe with the Champions League in mind he you know gets a goal and is subbed off in 60 minutes and it comes out with like an 8 pointer you know so it's not the end of the world I was completely yeah. wrong with that uh you know like 19 points uh like not in a million years would I do that but I also don't think that I would be going into the final game week with my free hit if it wasn't for like, so the the restart rules and how that kind of changed my approach to the game. I was never, obviously, planning to... I think, personally, I think it's the worst game of the year to go into... Which are free hit because rotation teams have done the some teams have done the play for. Uh, you're always kind of looking out for that, as we mentioned in last week's episode, that that kind of big turning match, that six one stoke, uh, you know, seven odd Middlesbrough match. That didn't actually happen this year, as far as I'm concerned. There was no big shocks, no, there was no big shocks. Uh, there were some big scores,
1: but they were kind of predictable scores. I don't think anyone was too, you know, uh, shocked with three one. Uh, to Liverpool or 5 mil to Man City yeah these were expected results the only two games you couldn't really call um, that were tight that you couldn't really predict would have been the Wolves-Chelsea game that could have went either way and I think I would have always went whoever scores first is probably going to win that game turns out it was Chelsea they got two quick goals you know in succession then the United-Leicester game was another one you couldn't really predict and um, again in those type of tight games it, it does always feel like who scores first wins or You know, possibly a draw. The Burnley game was a surprise. I didn't think um, Burnley would lose to Brighton. But when the pressure's off, uh, when they can score, I mean, the first goal they scored was an absolute worldie from Basuma, wasn't it? He scored a cracker. That was Pope's uh, golden glove. Hope's kind of gone. So at that point, you know, they're Burnley for like, well, we might as well concede two or three.
0: So, and they're Julie yeah. obliged. I, I was surprised. happy to get an assist for Peters. I, I doubled up on the Burnley defence because yeah. I knew you wouldn't be coming in with Burnley. I mean, I thought maybe if you were downgrading and you did downgrade uh, with uh, the lad that you put with Lamptey, uh But I thought, OK, maybe he doesn't have Burnley. I double up. I thought they were kind of they had all made points, as you said, uh, about Pope's chances of winning the Golden Gloves and they were saying like oh we just want to do it for him so you knew that like a clean sheet was on their mind and that's so rare in FPL to kind of hear players talking about uh, wanting to keep a clean sheet for a specific reason in that one match so I said fuck it go in with the Burnley double defenders they were so cheap long 4.3 Peters something 4.3 something similar to that maybe a little bit more but they're dirt cheap and Peters did get an assist so he did come out of it with with a 3 point return but not the uh, the maybe the 12 and, and 8 I was hoping for
1: <laughs> In a game week where there was very little clean sheets as I said I think there was 3 um, off the top of my head I'd have to double check that there was very little attacking returns for defenders as well I mean Van Dijk scored other than that I'm not sure if I can recall any other defenders who ended up in the, uh, the points uh, from goals or assists so you know it's something and you got an assist for, uh, you got a clean sheet for Ederson as well with 7 points so you did some bits yeah and like I think what you said all your other players did well. It was just the Spurs players, um, especially Aurier losing his clean sheets, Son just getting
0: two points, and Antonio kind of uh, coming off at halftime. Yes, that was a big... You know, that was a decision that I think... Like, I hate saying, especially when we're doing a podcast, I hate talking about, oh, if and and, because, you know, you live and die by what you actually did, but with Antonio there was a toss of the coin regarding Grealish and Antonio, because I was kind of thinking, look, Villa needs something here. Do you know, this is a big match for Villa, and to take a bit of who got the assist, talisman theory, I'm like, Grealish, if it's going to come true, someone, you know, and he's going to have a big day, it's going to be Grealish. And he did score, and he did yeah. come out of it with I don't know, something like eight points, something like that. But, uh, got did he get ten? Ah, yeah. So there you go. That's a big fucking... Uh, one where I look back and go, oh, look, if I had went left instead of right there, I'd be I'd be laughing. But with what Antonio had did, done for me since the restart, and since I got him in with his something like five goals, I was kind of... And I knew he was my differential as well anyway between the t- the two lads I was chasing. Yeah, I think you could reason out fairly easily that uh, he was a solid option. But I think we're, we're humming yeah. and hawing about our own yeah. teams a bit much, Seamus. But I suppose that's what the final... The final episode of the season is all about. You know, we're looking back. We've got our retrospective sunglasses on, and uh, there's no next, there's no game week thirty nine to look forward to. So I guess there yeah. isn't. But there is a game or a whole new season starting in what was it, September the twenty first? I believe was the date they announced. Yeah, it's about six weeks or so. Nearly a full six weeks, and uh, it makes us wonder when they will release next season's FPL. We both reckon it's about a fortnight away. I reckon about a month before the season kicks off, in and around that. Would you agree with that, James? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think early August, second week of August, uh, first week of August, maybe. Um, so, like considering how late in the month it is, yeah, I, I would say first week of August, two weeks time.
0: So hopefully we. But who you know, knows? Hopefully we get a bit of a, a bit of a breeder before. Before then and now. But uh while we're while we're still here, we might as well take a quick look through what we believe to be the team of the season. And uh we've chatted about this. Now we didn't go into a whole bunch of detail. And I think if we were to do this next year we'd maybe try and figure out a formation or, or not have fifteen players like we've done. But we've we've looked through it and uh it's not actually that difficult to pick. There was a lot of you'd say at the start of the season, obvious contenders. So like, so your Sterlins, your Manes, you know, your your Liverpool defenders, you're kind of going, yeah, fair enough. But uh, looking through the team of the season there, and just to call it out, we've put Henderson and Pope, there are two goalkeepers. Robertson, Trent, Lundstrom, Doherty and Sunku are back five. Sunku more of an honourable mention than, you know, because I know the budget's probably a bit shite here. Salah, De Bruyne, Mane, Sterling, Fernandes as the midfielders. And Ings, Vardy and Jimenez are our strikers. So, bringing it back to the goalies there, we've got the likes of uh, Henderson and Pope. Seamus, tell me about Henderson and Pope. Why are they there? Yeah, those are the two that uh, were the clear standouts
1: for me. I mean, there was honourable mentions to Schmeichel, who finished on 156 points. And uh, I thought remember Geita, at times during the season, played well. But Pope was the man. 170 points this season from 15 clean sheets. Uh, 50 goals conceded so he actually conceded quite a bit if you think yeah. about it um but he still ended up with like the um, the second most clean sheets after ederson he had one penalty save 23 bonus points that's a huge amount of bonus points henderson then was next with 160 points now he did play two games less cuz he couldn't play against his parent club uh he had 13 clean sheets one assist it must be noted i remember that game that game week particularly he conceded 33 so he actually conceded 17 goals, less than Pope, but ended up with 10 points less. Uh, he had one penalty save also and 16 bonus. Now I compare these to that amazing season we talked about, David De Gea, when he was like a premium striker, a premium goalkeeper, and it was always mentioned that always go for the 4.5, you know, budget keepers, don't go for the premiums. And in 1718, he started at 5.5 million. He was basically set and forget for everyone all season. That was the year where United were keeping of clean sheets, 18 clean sheets in total. He scored 172 points, and we all thought that's amazing value for 5.5 5 or whatever we got him during the season, 5.6, 5. 5.7. Yeah. You compare that to Pope, who started at 4.5 and finished at 5.2. In fact, both Henderson and uh, Pope started at 4.5 and finished at 5.2. And they're both keepers I had during the year. Um, you know, they are exceptional value. They're like Pope is pretty much matching that David De Gea season for a whole million cheaper. You just sat, sat with him all season. I actually sat with him and I got rid of him after something like 15 game yeah. weeks. And he really kicked on. He was only okay for me. I got Henderson at that point who was really good for me. Um, If I just stuck with Pope, might be been even better because Pope really went down a run after I got rid of yeah, him.
0: Yeah, no, he did. He had a smashing season. And I think I did the same as you. As from what I've gathered a lot of... An FPL manager did. Do you know? Uh, it it was a poor run of fixtures for Pope, mixed with a couple of missed clean sheets in fixtures that you'd expected better returns from, and I think that all you know culminated in your perfect storm to see a few managers get off. You know, get off him. But as you said, considering how much praise we heaped upon David De Gea, and you could say that that whole David De season made us think longer, longer and harder about how we approach goalkeepers before you know at the start of a season i.e. as you mentioned cheap rotating keepers or a set and forget and for Pope to, to smash that for a Burnley team coming in at 4.5 that's a that's a season that's a you know FPL managers will remember for a while, I think, and we'll be thinking about that next year when we go in. I've already seen a few FPL managers talking about, oh, I don't care what price he is. I'm I'm getting Pope in my team. And I'm like, are you kidding me? It's Burnley. You know, like, let's not forget. I know, you're shaking your head and you're spot on. I, I, I did the exact same thing. But, yeah, that's... Well, what do you mean?
1: What do you mean? doesn't matter what price he is. Price is the critical thing here, you know? I mean... Yeah. Get the, get the goalkeepers who make the most saves and uh, keep clean sheets and are in teams that get bonus points. Um, there's no one else in Burnley. He gets the three bonus points a lot of the time uh, when they keep a clean sheet because they haven't got those defenders who bring the ball out of the back and making lots of pa- successful passes and stuff like that. Uh, so
0: there's no one else to get the bonus points bar maybe the striker who scores. Yeah, if a midfielder scores, it usually goes to... Pope. Yeah, no, exactly. Now switching to the other goalkeeper Henderson he's a player that I don't think many are looking at uh, for next season because of his predicament which you know happening happening to be a Manchester United asset and uh, we all kind of wonder what that's going to mean going forward De Gea's had a pretty sloppy end to the season uh, very sloppy he also let a shot go at the weekend from a, a spilled the shot that Jamie Fardy nearly got on the end to and you know I think if that had gone as many and as many a manager or many a viewer thought at the time, uh, we might be you know kind of na na the hair out of the out of the old Trafford squad, which is a bit strange. But I'm, I'm you know fucking getting distracted. Henderson, perfect uh, and capable replacement. He's coming back to United. What do you think is in store for him next year? Uh, well, it depends. Um, it's not set in stone if he's coming back to
1: United next year. That's what I would yeah. say there could be uh, an agreement made with uh, Sheffield United again but that's a decision Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is going to have to make if he's I assume he's going to be with United at the start of the season when the game launches Um, but if he was with Sheffield United by default and then it emerged that he was back with United and he was priced accordingly for Sheffield United that could be really interesting if he gets a starting spot at United but I don't know. There's too much uh, speculation there. This is this is a preseason question, I think, because, you know, a lot more will be clear at that stage. As it sounds, though, he had an amazing season for me. Uh, I did a quick uh, tot-up of my total goalkeeper points I got this season. Yeah. Um, 100, 179 from four different keepers. So I kind of outdid the whole set and forget with Pope for the season, but only by nine points, and I could have saved myself a couple of transfers there.
0: Yeah, I get you. So what are you taking with that for next year?
1: Well, it's all well and good if you get on the best performing goalkeeper in game week mm-hmm. one. But after game week fifteen, there was nothing to tell us that Pope would be by you know the best goalkeeper by a margin. You know, there was always the chance that he regressed and ended up third or fourth and ended up with 150 points. So there's a lot to be said about setting and forgetting. Yeah. You know, if you if you're confident in your convictions that who you got at the start of the season is is correct. Uh, But I'm definitely going to be getting another 4.4, sorry, 4.5 goalkeeper next season. Somebody who's going to face a lot of shots and who I think is going to be doing well. Um, you know, if these all see price increases, then there mightn't be any good options. We'll have to, we see. Have to see. We'll
0: have to see we will. And that's enough dilly daddling with the with the goalkeepers. But yeah, Henderson and Pope have taken the two spots. Uh, we've been a bit cheeky with our picks again this year in regards to Liverpool. We actually have four Liverpool players in there, which, as I mentioned, if we were to be a little bit more organized, probably would have set out some guidelines for ourselves. But it was hard not to, you know, to go with the the four players, especially when you when you think about it. And in defence, we've gone with two full-backs, Robertson and Alexander-Arnold. Now, there's not going to be a whole lot that we can say that hasn't already been said for these two guys. But next year, Seamus, I assume one of these guys is absolutely nailed in your team.
1: Um, yeah, probably. What?
0: I say probably I because it's all about price. I
1: mean, I'm not going to commit right now. You know me, Jer. It took me like nine to ten years, I can't remember before I proposed to my wife. So uh I'm one who struggles with commitment issues. <laughs> but uh we'll get there in the end. But <laughs> we'll just take <laughs> the easy spot all first. Yeah, yeah. I was like, <laughs> but this um but yeah, like Robertson is gonna come in lesser than um Alexander Arnold next year, it's a fact. Yeah. It all comes down to... When well, you mentioned price. I can see Alexander... What, like what price yeah, is too, too, too much
0: being. of a cutoff price for you, Seamus, for uh, Trent?
1: Yeah, well, I can see Alexander-Arnold being value at even 8.5. 100%. If you look at it, two, 210 points this year, all right, that's the same amount of points as Jamie Vardy. Jamie Vardy started off at, what, 9? Nine? 9.5? I'm not sure yeah. where he finished that. Yeah, so, I mean, that's the same amount of points there.
0: And, uh, you know... If he went came in at eight, eight point five, I buy him. I'm 100. I think that's than, what I w- anything more than eight point five, yeah. no, too expensive. I I don't know if I'd be as uh as kind of strict with my 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 cutoff point, but I definitely agree with you in regards to eight point five. And I do, you know, if he came in at eight point five for me, what did he come at this season? They both started at seven, wasn't it? Seven, yeah. yeah. So like, I'm going one point five, as you mentioned, for the likes of uh, a Jamie Vardy return. Yeah, no problem. Get in there. You know, maybe you keep more clean sheets because if memory serves me correct, how many fixtures did Liverpool not keep a clean sheet in at the start? Was that it? Or was it the other way around? There was a big streak where I think we had doubled up or people hadn't. Either way, look, I'm getting bogged down the minutiae of it. But I'm willing to pay 8.5 for a Liverpool Trent Alexander-Arnold someone who's on free kicks it might be worth noting as well that regarding Robertson who as you said will most likely come in less than Trent started taking a few corners he started taking a few of Salah's corners Uh, maybe that's something we see more of he picked up a few attacking returns there towards the end of this uh, campaign yeah
1: he got attacking returns in um, so towards the end of the campaign he got 5 attacking returns in the last 5 games 4 assists and a goal so they actually didn't keep a single clean sheet in that in that run in the last five games. But he ended up with attacking returns in in each of those. In in one of those games, he only came on, um, he only played forty five minutes. So, you know, he really, you know, buffered up his numbers towards the end of the season with a, a strong close to the season. Before those five games, he was at one goal, eight assists. Uh, he ended up uh, two goals, twelve assists, which was the same amount of assists as last season with significantly less clean sheets than they had last year. So their points aren't the same. But it is worth noting, what I will say is that he started at 7 million last year and had more points than Trent has this year. Um, Trent also started at 7 million last year. So does that mean they're just going to put him at 7 million again next year? I'd expect to see price rises, at least for Trent. I can't see him being less than 7.5. I think he'd be value at 8. Yeah. He's genuinely a captain option for a lot of games with you know, four goals and 15 assists uh, as, long as, as well as clean sheets. I can't see Liverpool having less clean sheets than they had this year. Next year, they'll have more. They had 14 this year. They underperformed that without having to play Adrian for you know seven or eight games this year. I'd imagine they'll have Sixteen, at least sixteen, next no, year.
0: Exactly. So we'll both be looking very heavily at uh, Liverpool assets, and you know, I think we've explained why Robinson and Trent made the list. Moving on to yeah. another defender that some people might be familiar with, uh, a Sir John Lundstrom, starting the season off as a four million out of position player, uh, defender. He has finished the season as an FPL folk tale. Uh, people will be talking about the the tales of tall John Lundstrom for many a decade. But I do fear that while he has made this year's team of the season, it could be the last time we talk about John Lundstrom. Because with reclassification coming up in the new season, I very, very, very much doubt uh, we're going to see a defender made of him next year. Seamus, do you want to say your goodbyes to Sir John? Or Lord John, whatever the fuck it's called. (laughs)
1: Lord Lundstrom, yeah. yeah, We had to... um... We had to include him because I can't see him being here next year. Um, it all came down to his classification. was just completely misclassified as a defender. Boo-boo. When he should have been a midfielder. And he came in at 4.0. We'd all identified him at the start of the season. We both had him in game week one, didn't yep. we? Um, but, you know, he sat on our bench for a couple of weeks. And, uh, yeah, it's um, he got me 91 points in 19 games. 4.8 average. Over that, so I mean, like for something four million, exceptional yeah. value. Um, only wish I played him more. I missed out on points of his because he was on my bench. I think other people did too. Came off my bench one get particular game week, got me some like fourteen points. That was quite memorable. I think we nearly
0: all had yeah. a Lundstrom story coming out of the season. Do you know whether he came off the bench. I think I think I remember your fourteen points off the bencher but uh, yeah, there was some phenomenal returns coming out of him, and uh, I think if memory serves me correctly, he's you know nicely bookended the season with a goal there in game week thirty-eight, just to remind fantasy managers what he's capable of. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think he's still only ended the season with
1: uh, four goals. I'll just but shame it for it a defender, goals, so. do you know? <laughs> uh, I have it here in front of me, <laughs> a defender who's actually a midfielder. Mm-hmm. So five goals, four assists, not actually. If he did that from midfield without those uh, clean sheets, you know... Would we be talking you know, about him? He would be probably overpriced at 6 would, million. Would Sheffield but, United um, t-shirt he,
0: sales of Sir John Lundstrom have gone down the fucking drain? Would they be struggling, I wonder? But... uh I think that the lore
1: wouldn't be quite as appealing. Um, but at the same time, he was classified as a defender this year, so... You know he has gone down in uh, folklore. He was like the Aaron wan Basaka of last season. Yes,
0: let's just hope United you know, can say Yeah. What do I mean? Again, even like Wan-Bissaka wasn't an OP. He was just incredible value. But Lundstrom, he was a a one in a a one in a million chance uh, for us, and I'm happy to. I'm happy to have been there, Seamus, and I'm happy to have talked about it. And hopefully next year we see little glimpses of it. But as I said, I think this could be the final chapter in Lundstrom's tale. Moving on, we've got Doherty. He's made the team in the season. Get up here, sir. Get your reward. Uh yeah, again, pretty much uh what we expected from last year. Heftier price this season. Uh six point five ending the season at six point five. Seamus, how do you like you definitely were more of a, a duckety owner than uh than I was for, you know, the majority of the season team of the year. Yeah, he was, he
1: was, um, 6.0 at the start of the year Ended at 6.5, got that price, rise. He actually outperformed. He did better than the previous season, which isn't a surprise considering how, um, you know, wolves are established now in the premier league, that bit more 167 points, four goals, eight assists, 12 clean sheets, 15 bonus points. I had him for only eight game weeks this season got me 50 points last eight game weeks since the break he was one of the reasons i uh started climbing um yeah i didn't play him in the very final game week he was my transfer out but eight game weeks, 50 points 6.25 points per game i got him a 6.3 basically points per million points per million per game he's getting me
0: i didn't points. realize you actually only yeah. had him for so few game weeks this year do you think that was a mistake based on what he got
1: Um, well I think I got him in at a
0: good time not you Um, specifically but like the two of us kind of we weren't maybe it was the price for a Wolves defender you had options there so I know I wasn't looking at him too much until we'll say maybe just before it all went to pot I remember we had both transferred Daugherty in Uh, but do you think like we could have you know we shouldn't have been put off by that price point like we I don't think we with hindsight
1: yeah 100% with hindsight I think you're right Um, it's hard to tell it it was at a time where everyone big at the back game week one if you can recall that we all had like I had Trent, Van Dyke and Dean at the first uh first game week and um slowly transitioned away from that. And if Doherty had been you know fit and ready at that stage, I might have gone Dean to Doherty. but uh he was struggling with fitness issues until maybe game week five or six, so I kind of missed the boat and then yeah, it was like to be honest, until we'll sort of the back line until Volley came back was defensively weren't um half as impressive. They weren't. Once I once they got better, um you know, that was the time to plow in on, on Wolves was What uh,
0: price do you think he's coming in at next year? I
1: think he's coming in at
0: 6.5. That was the price he ended. I don't know. I think um yeah. Most likely, yeah, 6.5, six point five, six, six point five, yeah, fair enough. I don't see him being cheaper than six, and I think six point five would be the max I'd probably be willing to pay for him. but yep, good point. Uh, and honorable, he won't come in more. He won't come in he won't more. come in more. and a good a good guideline is you know, the price that
1: somebody ends on at the end of a season is usually pretty close to where they start the following season. Yeah,
0: no. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, Honourable mention for Sayonkou, he did make our our defenders list there. I think just because, A, it was his first Premier League season, as far as I'm aware. A fancy Premier League season. Like, I hadn't heard of him as an asset. I'm sure he was maybe sitting on some team somewhere. But really came in uh, at a nice time when Leicester were keeping some good clean sheets. And, yeah, I think next year, depending on what what, uh, price he comes in at, uh, he could be one to one to watch midfielders though uh, Seamus as I said kind of nothing that we wouldn't expect again Salah Mane, they're in there you know it's going to be hard to be not talking about these lads next year as well
1: yeah it's a bit it, it feels a bit dull yeah. you know we've stuck in the two best city players and the two best Liverpool players but like De Bruyne player of the year as far as I'm concerned top uh, point scorer in FPL this year with uh, 251 points Hashtag uh, my player of say, the year. Yeah, the stats say it all like you know 13 goals, 23 assists, plus he had 18 points there from clean sheets. This is what you gotta you know reckon with uh Man City. They still pick up these points with clean sheets. 35 bonus, just amazing. Yeah. You know, he started at 9.5, which is crazy. There's no way he's gonna be that next year. You know, if he he'd be value at 12, to be honest. Um so without their ban in Europe, seeing as that's been overturned, you know he'll be one of the first players I look to see what price he is next year. And uh, I'm sure he'll be in my team. Sterling, really good start with a hat-trick. Bit iffy for a while then. Uh, very hit and miss. Went off the boil and then finished the season like a fucking... Single, know, single-handedly single
0: won you the Tiger League, Seamus.
1: <laughs> yeah, he um he definitely went uh, a ways to, to help him with that. Uh, 204 points, 20 goals, uh, which is his highest ever, six assists, not as much as he has had in previous seasons, 13 clean sheets and 20 bonus points. So, um, yeah, he he's no surprise there. And then Salah, Mane, what can you say about these guys? Mane is now performing to the same level pretty much as Salah. Um, still ended up with a few more points in him um, compared uh, by the end of the season, but there was, what, 12 points in it considering that Salah started a whole million ahead of him last year. I can see them both being the same price next year and... um,
0: yeah. yeah, 100%. An honourable mention there as well for a Bruno Fernandes. I think the changes he made to the United team, in not just by being an addition to FPL, but in regards to Rashford, Martial, Pogba to a lesser extent, Greenwood, all of these lads becoming options in FPL because of Fernandes' effect on the team, I think definitely worth a shout. Uh, he'll go down as, I think... One of the, you know, successful January transfer windows transfers that they like. Yeah, too. but I
1: mean, even that aside, you know, eight goals, eight assists in 14 games. That's, you know, that's incredible. Uh, 117, but he got the 117 points from 14 games. Yeah. You know, that's as many points as some people have in a season. And he had like less than half a season there. So completely transformed their, their season around. And, uh, you know, he's on the penalties. Next year, he'll be. I mean, I had Martial down in my um, best midfielders of the season.
0: He I, I he had two hundred points, you know. But I took him out because um, you know we kind of did this together. Um, but you sent me your picks, and I pretty much agree with the majority of them. But I, the reason I swapped Fernandez for Martial was Martial out of position. So you know, compare, and I don't know if we'd be talking about Martial if Fernandez hadn't come into the team. Do you get me? So that's kind of where I was like, mm-hmm. he's the one we're talking about. But regarding Martial, next year, sure to be classified as a forward. And uh, yeah, I wonder what that'll do for him. I've I've read, there's already, you know, post-season narratives forming in the FPL circles. You've got the likes of Bruno would never uh, be getting these... Points if he wasn't on penalties, which is such a bullshit argument. If he wasn't, if my aunt had wheels, she'd be a bicycle. Do you know what I mean? It's what the fuck does that mean? Uh, I've heard your aunt is a. Bicycle. Oh, not, not cool, not cool. This is life, Seamus. I can't get it out. That kind of shit. I'm only joking. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Oh, banter. But uh, yeah, so that's our midfielders. We'll end the midfield section on a on a cruel ant death joke. Uh, onto, onto forwards. We've got a, a a packed lineup, Seamus. But none of them from the top four or five teams. Uh, well, Leicester. What did they finish, Fourth? Fifth, fifth to fifth. My fifth. apologies. Yeah, whoops. <laughs> you, might, you might recall yeah. the, one of the uh, game they had with Manchester yeah, United. Yeah, so none of our strikers finished in the top four, but we've gone with Danny Ings, Dingaling Ings, Jamie Vardy, and Raul the Postman Jimenez. I couldn't come up with something with for Vardy. Didn't think about it. But, uh, yeah, Ings, Vardy, Jimenez. There are three strikers. I, uh, I couldn't fault that. Like, you sent me those three and I was like yeah I don't know anyone I'd have put in ahead of it I mean yeah I think Jimenez two I seasons in were... a row yeah Aubameyang
1: was the only one that kind of pushed him close a small bit those three were stand standout as far as I'm concerned um, Jamie Vardy top Premier League goal scorer 23 goals 7 assists 34 bonus points 210 points that is still only enough to match Trent which is bizarre um, He's nine. he started the season at 9 million you know, we all had him for a spell there, probably between game week eight and game week, you know, eighteen, where he was absolutely on fire. Um, we all kind of got him after off him after Christmas when his wife had the baby. He seemed to. I definitely kind of go didn't go off
0: him fast enough once that happened. I think I was like, you know, trying to play it kind of safe and steady. And no, 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 give it a week. Maybe he'll come back. Like he missed one, I think, when the baby was born, and uh, then. He basically went completely off the boil. There was a bit of an injury there as well. I don't know how true that was, but there was definitely sleepless nights being had in the Vardy household. And uh, that was seen on the pitch as far as I was concerned. But yeah, golden boot. How would he not make it into our team of the season? Yeah,
1: let's not forget how good he was there for a while. Because I looked back at my team and I was like, oh, I remember captaining him like, three out of like five weeks at one stage he was in such good form and uh, yeah then you also got to mention um, Danny Ings and Raul Jimenez and uh, Danny Ings we already mentioned I could talk about him all day so I'm not going to Uh, 22 goals 2 assists 40 bonus points 198 points that's uh, amazing for somebody who started at 6.0 and Raul Jimenez started at 7.5 194 points 17 goals 7 assists 33 bonus Um, so that's his best goal scoring season for uh, for wolves in the Premier League, so he's improved on last year again. And um, so of
0: wolves, and wolves. I think they'll definitely be one of the assets I'll be paying a lot closer attention to next year. Because I I don't know about you, Seamus. I can't remember, but I know I writ them off uh, a little bit, wrote them off a little bit uh, in regards to suffering from Europa. Tiredness, and I was just wrong. I was just flat out wrong. I mean, they did drop a bit towards the end uh, of this season, you know, down into the same kind of ranks as last year. But yeah, I thought they were, and you know, fantastic. I think Espirito Santo has pretty much uh, made a name for himself as one of the top managers in the league at the moment. And yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what prices they come in at in next year. Him and his finishing the season at eight, I see him being a nine next year. Do you think? Uh, well, we can get into this game
1: if you want. I can see him being 8.5. I can see uh, Ings being 7, maybe 7.5 next year. Yeah. I can see Ings coming in where Jimenez was last year in a similar kind of position. Maybe not even quite as high. but um, And Jimenez being, I can't see him being more than 8.5.
0: Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I don't want to get into the game too much, as you call it, but considering we're not going to be doing an episode until the game's probably released. uh, And we know all the prices. There won't be much fun. (laughs) We won't have much time to predict them. But, uh, yeah, no, I think... I have a feeling that we might see a 9 million Jimenez next year. I think they need to create more... uh, kind of milestones forwards I mean there's talks of Aubameyang being reclassified as a midfielder for next year like is that a possibility Rashford going back into the midfielder slot I know you're shaking your head but you can't say that there isn't valid reason to think it's a you know it's it's a possibility um I hate all that but then when
1: you look at the fact that Mane and Salah are classified as midfielders that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I you don't know, know
0: like uh, but to be fair Salah and Mane don't uh you know they do play on the wings. I'm not getting into this. I think we did this in the last season's uh review. I'm just saying if you want to play this
1: game we can have a whole pot about it. Um yeah, I mean ideally I think they they should make them all forwards. Yeah. You know. And I also think they should get rid of this four four points for um a goal for a striker and it should be five for basically every player. Fair enough, fair know, enough. But. You
0: have, you've always been a radical uh, thinker, Seamus, and today is no surprise. But that was our team of the season. Uh, I'd, if any of you have different suggestions or if we missed out on any obvious ones, hit us up on at FBL Hangover, abuse Seamus, tell, tell him, you know, pretty much what I would do in every episode, you know. But, uh, team of the season out the way, it's time to move on to, the section that I know everyone who's still listening was waiting for, and that's our roundup of the FPL Hangover Podcast Mini League. Seamus, you've taken a look at this. We've already mentioned them on on the social media. The social media winner,
1: the uh mini league winner. You have it, Alan
0: Fanukin. Yes, a Limerick man yes yeah you're dying to say that you you that was the first thing you said when you found who it. won
1: yeah i love it I just, i'm just thinking how much it saves us on shipping you know um the fact that we don't have to send the prize over to kristen arstad in nor in norway <laughs> i'm thinking you know this will actually we can actually get a third season out of this podcast yeah sure, to this is gonna bankroll um, next because, year basically yeah yeah um but yeah um The mini-league itself, it was hard to kind of keep up on top of it. The updates as the season went on from the restart, purely because of the amount of um, games that were happening so thick and fast. And we were recording mid-podcast, things like that. And uh, yeah, Christian, uh, uh, he was kind of up there the whole time. Didn't really even see Alan's ascent to the top until he was up near the top. And uh, I think last week was the first time I took notice. Our friend Kyle... Colin Byrne, who's FPL Crypto, ended up finishing third. Uh, David Sexton, to high sexton who led for large portions of the season, ended up in fourth. Uh, Emil uh, Seidlick, is it? In fifth. I'm trying to read this from your screen. Rossi, uh, or my friend uh, ABL, or sorry, Rossi ABU, who's at uh, FPL Rossi. Seamus Kennedy, uh, another Ross Common man living in Limerick, uh, finished sixth. Uh, Luke Burgess,
0: another man. I was surprised that Luke Burgess, he was number one for yeah, months. He definitely had a few episodes that is, that with is... Luke coming out at at the top, and it looked like he was running away with it at one stage.
1: Yeah, he was miles ahead at one stage. But um, yeah, look, he uh, fell away a small bit, um, but he still had a fantastic season. Paul Galloway, who's been in around the top 10, top five all season in number eight. Uh, Conk, Connor Kelly in ninth. And uh, then we've got... Uh, excuse me, Neil Bolster um, in tent and he is FL Rogue and uh, another good friend of the pod. I believe so that's Niall, it?
0: No, it's oh, Neil. It's... it's the Irish. Oh, yeah. bollocks. I've made an absolute holy show of myself there now, Seamus. Uh, but no, exactly. Rogue getting in the top 10. There's some, like, I'm just delighted to see some regular... Names that I know up there. Crypto's had an absolutely fantastic season. I do agree with you. I think Fruity himself, Fanukan, Fruity Fanukan, just flew straight up there. Didn't see anything until he threw a shot across the bow on Twitter a couple of weeks before it all ended regarding a Limerick man taking this title home. Uh, I know you're delighted to be saving money on the postage. Uh, I'm definitely... <laughs> I just wasn't expecting it. I thought, you know, with the the kind of diversity of people listening to this show, there's no way a fucking Limerick man who is going to casually take the league code that we throw at the start of the season is winning it. And, uh, yeah, I'm wrong. Um, so fair. I was happy. It was an
1: Irish man. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't really care who wins it, but, uh, I'm happy. Uh, you know, it's always good to see uh, a local lad win. it. See, we're, we're a Limerick podcast here in Ireland. And it was a Limerick man that actually won. it. Oh, neither of us know, know this guy. Um, I was talking to him the other day. He ended up finishing in the top one K. Yeah. I think he is like um nine hundred and something was his rank. Um final score of two four two four. Nine hundred and eight, I um, believe,
0: was his rank, if I'm looking
1: at this. Nine hundred and eight. Oh, you have it down there. Yeah. 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 So um fair juice, talent, And um, if he's listening, we will be um getting on to you later on about um your prize, yeah. which uh still has to be we sorted. We can't just,
0: we can't talk about this on the episode because for a start how would we keep people away from next year's league? They would just be we'd be inundated with applications and non stop emails. Please, please, please. I want I want some of that. I want some of what Alan got. But uh yeah, we'll keep that under wraps and expect you to make a big holy show of it when you receive it. But congratulations, Alan. And uh yeah, I hope to see all of the lads back next year. Uh Conk, Rossi Rogue, Allen, Christian. If you, I don't even know if Christian listens to this. Cahill, Sexton. They, these are all players that we've been chatting to all season. And uh, yeah, yeah, I'm delighted.
1: There, it's a competitive league. I like a lot of like a lot of those guys. The the top five are in the top uh, three or four. Can they world. fucking smashed yeah. us? Yeah. I know uh, that much. Yeah, I smashed us. I got to 14th in the league, so I was hoping I might break the top 10, but needed a stronger performance there. You wanted um, to get in that screenshot, wasn't it? The 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 I knew the top 10 would be shown but not anything not anything below it. some good guys just outside that there top is, 10 yeah, but tough but, shit uh, tough shit
0: do better next that's year it.
1: not gonna not gonna mention you sorry
0: no, no. so that's the mini league uh, there is another league that we have been pretty much blabbing on about for 30 odd episodes we didn't really take it up too much from the from the project restart but our balls to the wall That's wrapped up, and uh, we've basically totted up the results from the first twenty nine fixtures. Is it, Seamus? The first game week one to twenty nine. Yeah, we 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 had we had picks made for game week thirty, but um, that was
1: suspended, and we haven't done any since the restart. because we haven't been potting as regularly because there's been like two game weeks a a week and things like that. So we it's not even just two, two of game weeks, weeks a trip. week.
0: It's fucking drip feeding game weeks. Uh, so you've like have game weeks spread out <laughs> over a goddamn week. You know? Uh, yeah. There was um there was the
1: twenty seven game weeks because two of those game weeks we were double game weeks um where we did like I think we did like fifteen and sixteen together and nineteen and twenty together because of quick turnarounds things like that. So twenty-seven game weeks to go by. Do you have the results? I do,
0: Seamus. and they are about know. to That's appear right there. Oh, here we have it. Here we have it. Marginal wins
1: for Jur in both hotshots and Buck absolutely
0: smashed you. Oh, Seamus, that's two years in a row now. Don't mind the the Tie League. This is- uh, there's
1: an asterisk next to this. Uh, definitely, seeing as we only did like twenty seven game weeks, we didn't do the last uh, the last
0: well, few. I don't know. It's not as much of an asterisk as is beside your name and the trophy. I tell you that much. This is a fair representation of twenty nine weeks, not a distorted mm. abnormality of an FPL season that you've got on your goddamn ble- your record. A blemish, sir. A blemish on you. The only abnormality I see is that I ended up winning the Breen Sheets picks, which uh,
1: don't seem to be on your, your little oh, uh, graphic Oh, yes, there,
0: yes, yes, Maybe I accidentally left them off. We should
1: probably speak. We should probably let the, the non-viewers uh, know the results here. So, hot shots-wise, out of the uh, 27 weeks, juror won 14-13. So, uh, marginal win. And on the Puck Fadas... There were several ties on that, uh, but Gerrard still won 12-11. to 11. So, absolute trance. So one-point win in both Puck and Hot Shots. Hot Shots, again, being our um, Hot shot Picks, captains' uh, top point scorers of the week. Puck Fodders, our uh, lesser-known
0: marginal Yes, Yes, our, our punts, if you will. Punts, that's the word I was looking yeah, for. The yeah. Irish punts, a Puck Fodder. And uh, that'll go That will go into the, the pre-season... Tigging a jig and see what bastardized version comes out of it next year. But for this season, I get to I get the lonely, shallow victory of a balls to the wall trophy while you take top spot in our mini league again, Seamus. That's two years in a row I've beaten you in these, and two years I've lost by a substantial amount, you know. Let's um, let's keep this going. I, I will let you win the hot shots and puck
1: every year. If I can get my name on this, uh, this mini-league trophy we have between yeah, us. Yes,
0: long may I continue. Fair trade. Fair trade, as Bruce Willis would say in Sin City. So that's the leagues wrapped up. Um, what have we got next in the lineup? Jeez, what are we running? We're running into 57 minutes. Jesus, an hour into this already. Well, we said it was going to be something special. We've got a bit more left in us. But before we continue with the last chapter of the show, I want to take... a. A bit of time out just to thank everyone who has listened to a second of this, retweeted, liked a tweet, abused Seamus in the DMs, anything. Sent us a nice message. I just want to say a big FPL hangover thank you to all of you guys. And, uh, you know, hope that... We can continue this next year um, because, uh, yeah, I've had a lot of fun this season. It's been slowly moving forward, it's, as we mentioned. We're, we're doing an audio, uh, a visual format at the moment. That's This is our first time doing that. We're breaking our cherry on that right now. And I must say, it's been pretty gentle, not too rough. That's a lube here. So, you know, it's all going well. But uh, hopefully next year we keep this uh, momentum going and, and, and constantly add to, to what we give you guys. But, yeah, for everyone that listens to this, a big thank you. And I hope you enjoyed your 2019-2020 your season. Seamus, do you have anything to say? to?
1: Yeah, I, I'd echo those uh, sentiments, sure. Because, you know, I, we enjoyed this. We enjoyed just if we weren't recording this and putting it out there uh, and have a, a bit of a format, we would probably be talking shit to each other about this in the pub. Maybe a bit more explicit. Not that it's, you know, not explicit already. But, you know, there are times where this becomes a slog and it's hard work, and there's times you don't want to talk about a bad game week or anything like that. And, you know, it's it's hard to keep going. We we, we haven't really missed a game week. The only kind of exception being this restart where games are coming so thick and fast and with work commitments and uh, midweek deadlines and just things like that. We haven't really put them out as regularly. But uh, other than that, we, we don't miss that. We don't miss game weeks. We're pretty consistent. And, uh, yeah, I would like to thank everyone who. Um, You know, comments, likes, ask questions and uh, just give us the motivation to keep going because it's, you know, it's very easy to just kind of decide I want to pack this in. (laughs) But uh, this is what we we love talking about and doing. And, uh, yeah, I think we will be back next year. Even stronger. Well said,
0: James. Well said. So that's all the, the main things out of the way. I just wanted to leave this bit towards the end because, you know, I know that you've probably listened to a lot of podcasts. Maybe you're just done with FPL till the next season starts but who wants to listen to us talk about lessons we've learned and what we hope changes going forward uh, if you do stick a lot, stick around if not here's your chance to hop right off but with that in mind Seamus what is the number one lesson that you've taken away from the 2019-20 season
1: well number one lesson put me on the spot um, it seems to be you got to nail your captains. Yes. This is what I'm thinking here. Um, and how you pick your captain. I mean, I, I did a bit of an anal- analysis on mine. I ended up getting 512 points from my captains this season. Um, I had 12 blanks. So what's that? 26 um, captain returns. A blank being two two to four points. Uh, Salo was my most captain. Got me 168 points. Um, yeah, and... If you don't nail your captains, if you're getting those wrong, this is the difference between you and me in our mini-league. Oh, I fucking I know. I doubted yours up too. You got 455. You had 16 blanks. And look, a, bar- a large portion of that will be your um, triple captain with um, Mane, where I went triple captain with Salah I think, in, what was it, game week 24? Think of
0: how different the end of the season would have been if I had not triple captain Mane in regards to... None of this offensive play, I'm going to take it by the scruff of the neck, I got to make changes. I would have been looking at Shields left right and center. <laughs> and it's just funny how yeah. your FBL story for that year can take such a sharp divergence. Do you know, uh, and you mightn't yeah. feel it like One injury. at the time I was thinking to myself, oh, do you know, like loads of little mistakes make up throughout the season, do you know, blah blah blah. But at at the end of the last couple of weeks when I was looking at it, I was thinking Man, I'm playing this so aggressive that if I had, <laughs> I just would give anything to not be chasing points right now. And that's one of the lessons I learned, Seamus. And I, I'm sorry if I'm stepping stepping on your toes this year or and this question, but for me, By all means, it me was important to make an early start. I think getting out in front and attacking the early part of the season so that you can. You know, if all going well, that you can kind of play the end of the season a bit more steady, a bit more uh, safe. I think that was a mistake I made personally. Or not mistake, but a lesson I've learned, you know, for me. Yeah, I definitely see that.
1: What I will say is this, you know, I ended up at 70k, which, you know, by the end of the season, this was actually my second highest final game week rank of any game week this season. Only in one single game week did I finish higher than that something like Game Week 25, I got into, like, 68K. Um, other than that, you know, I was down in, like... Down in the dumps. I wasn't in the top 1 million until Game Week 13. Yeah. I brought, I was at... By Game Week 17, I was 746K, which is mid-December. That was, like, 20th of December or something like that. It's only since then I've moved on. So you can make gains. It was so tightly packed this year, and I think it will... I don't know if that's the way it is every year because I'm usually a bit higher at that stage, but you can make moves. It was only a few weeks later, like 10 weeks later, I was top 100k again. So you can make moves. You just got to keep plugging away at it and you've got to make the right decisions and yeah, uh, getting those captain decisions is a big thing. I spent a lot of the season, start of the season captaining Sterling and it just wasn't working out. My season turned around when I got rid of him and kind of started focusing elsewhere and focusing on players that were performing. So don't be afraid to like chase points and go, it's um performing well. Uh,
0: yeah. I just put a, bottle of, just put a bottle of beer in front of the camera. I totally forgot that that was rolling. I was like, oh, don't be doing that. Uh, you got to watch what you're doing. Yeah. I also think I spilled some beer in am mic. But uh, no, you're spot on, Seamus. Um, I think the captain decisions uh, were a big change or a big difference between me and you. But yeah, you can make moves. And I think your season, the fact that you managed to kind of turn i wouldn't say turn around i don't think it was ever going dreadful but you you righted it pretty quickly and you just kept sailing upstream if you catch what i'm saying you know
1: it's um an early start is essential if you want probably like a top 10k probably finish or something like that like a good start but it's never too late to turn around just keep plugging away and if you um i think i'm going to be maybe taking a bit more differential not differential but I think I've noticed that my vice captain this season often outdid my captain and I'd love to do an analysis to see if my vice captain outscored my captain if I change those around for the season and uh, if they do you know if I if I see that they are maybe I just will pick a vice captain secondary. and then switch
0: it at the last minute
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah just set my team and then at the last minute kind of go no I should I should switch those yeah yeah, yeah.
0: You know? no no 100% um, Seamus going forward you've mentioned a few of them there regarding uh you think footballer, or strikers should be getting four five points or four points they should all be getting the same as midfielders is there any other changes you think like bearing in mind that there's now going to be five substitutions carried over into next season like do you think there's any changes need to be made in the game or or any you know anything that you'd like to see going forward um i'm going to say no keep the game simple okay you know we
1: all know how to play this game it uh, it rewards people that analyze the game and if you're if you can see the sort of uh players that are getting rewarded by the bonus point system, i don't think they need to overhaul the bonus point system which is something that gets thrown around quite a bit i think you just need to be able to identify which players are rewarded by the bonus point system and be aware of that and if they're underpriced get them you know don't be like, oh, it's not fair. I want my defensive midfielder to get more bonus points. Just go. No, the game is about players who have attacking contributions. Get those. You know, um, your goalkeeper, your your forwards are going to be rewarded bonus points for getting a single goal more so than your midfielders are. Your midfielders might have to do, you know, more than one attacking contribution. Um, Miss shots that count against you. You know, successful dribbles are good. Things like that. Um, there was a question, actually, we had a few questions there this week. And one of the, like, not to get into questions here, because we're not doing a drunk tank, I don't believe. But one of the questions we got from FPL Rogue was interesting. He was kind of mentioning that the one real variable that has a very dynamic impact on results is the captain pick each week, the captainship. Um, he was saying, like, I don't want to remove this, but I think a second nearly equal variable should be added, i.e. a vice captain as well, or the ability to switch captain at halftime for a hit, and only amass points for the second half on the new captain, plus the points of the first half for the original mm-hmm. captain. So a new chip like that, per- perhaps. Why do you think of something like that? I mean, that's interesting. I am. Um, I do like the idea of new dynamics being brought into play. Not totally against it, but I I am a purist. I think I know the game. Nothing wrong with the game. We all know the rules. Let's keep it as it is. BAR is enough of a minefield <laughs> to work with.
0: Yeah, I think um, for me... I wouldn't be as stringent on keeping it as, as, for lack of a better word, pure as you put it. Um, I would be kind. Of, I do think the the bonus point system needs to be looked at a bit. I think Harry Kane coming out of, as I mentioned before, we started recording. Harry Kane coming out of that that game against Crystal Palace with three bonus points is a bit mad for me. I'm going really okay. Fair enough. Uh, maybe I didn't watch the game, so maybe you know I'm wrong with that. But that was just an example of a couple of times this season where I'm going, you're getting, you're getting B peeps, you're getting BAPS for this shit. Fair enough. I've seen like one ones where the go- where the goalkeeper is up and around the bonus points and he hasn't made a save. You know he's he's made two saves, so he's you know a bonus point save there. Little things like that I'd see changed. Looking at Rogues' question, I like the fact that the caps and he- C even if it is the thing that fucked me this year, is such a heavily weighted uh variable in the game. Personally, I think it it means you gotta get that shit right. You know, you can you get you can have your punts, you can have your shields and swords, but at the end of the day, your captaincy is, is what's making your game weak. Uh so I, I wouldn't change that personally. But, you know
1: Yeah, I spent most of the season thinking the same as you where I thought I'd be very happy if they just got rid of this captain chip. There's too much weight put on it, as you said, but at the same time, it's the game. And no, I don't, I don't you're think you're about it when we're not. We're absolutely nailing it. I, I think it's um, it's good. It allows you, by the way, to just like zoom back up the rank if you do start nailing yeah. it, and it always means there's uh, there's an option for you, you know. And if you want to have a bit of fun. If you're like not taking it seriously, then you can take a minus four every single week to move players around to just get the optimum captain each week if you wanted to. And, um, yeah, you could still make moves. I, I, I like it. That That is a very interesting option. He's mentioned there. There is that, um, is it Elitisarian, the uh, Norwegian league that has all these interesting chips. I would be interested in that. The one change I think they'd like they should make is just give you know the same amount of points for uh forward to score as a uh, defender or midfielder to score. See. I don't know why you get six points for a defender. I guess it they don't score as many. Well,
0: that's definitely... But like, Why
1: a midfielder do. gets five? You know, they, they should all be getting just five points for a goal. Mm. Even if defenders get six, but midfielders and forwards should get five, considering that most defenders are, mid, are midfielders, like Salah are actually forwards, and a lot of forwards are actually midfielders. It shouldn't really matter what they're classified as, as much then. The only difference will be... And they should get rid of the one bonus point for midfielders getting a clean sheet. I think that's stupid. But Fair whatever. enough,
0: fair enough. I don't know if I'd agree with you, but we definitely won't fall out over it. You mentioned a couple of questions there, Seamus. Was there another one or two that you wanted to throw out?
1: Yeah, there's a, a few when when they noticed we were doing a pod. Uh, I kind of said, look, we're doing a pod. Any quick questions? Um, Chieftain, a good friend of the pod and fellow podcaster himself. Um, he's asked, if me if you and I were to wear a suit to collect some sort of podcast award, what type of suit would you go for, Jer? Well, huh? as you
0: can see, there's only one kind of suit I would wear, and that's a tuxedo t-shirt. Um, and I would be up at the front row, and I'd be hammer drunk. And I would <laughs> I would just be headbanging <laughs> to whatever Leonard Skinner tribute band was playing, you know? Yeah. You, Seamus? Are yeah. so you going I with think, more of a Dumb um, Dumber outfit?
1: I think I would have a kind of a, a string shirt, you know, like one of those kind of String t-shirts you can get where you can see your nipples through oh. it. I think I'd wear uh, like a string shirt, like, like a that. Jeff Jarrett style yeah, vest. So it's like, yeah, exactly, something oh. like that. But also pants, so you can see. Totally
0: <laughs> total heel outfit but you, shame it. that's not surprising in the slightest. But great question, Chief. Great question. Yeah, uh, we had another
1: question there as well, and this is from uh, Tom Ariarty. and uh, he's a Leeds fan. He's
0: um, asking, how heavily did we celebrate Leeds's promotion? From, uh, the championship, the Premier League. Oh, I won't lie to you. Big, big tea. But uh, I wasn't like, I'm happy to see a team from my sticker collecting days coming back into the league. But that's about as far as my Leeds knowledge goes. I'm a bit, uh, I think I'm on the, the, the wrong side of the Leeds history in terms of when I was born. And uh, yeah, I think Eric Canton are playing for Leeds and, and, uh, was it David O'Leary, David O'Leary was the manager? Uh, was it, that was it. What he yeah, yeah. David O'Leary, I think. I know. You remember Mark Viduca, Robbie Oh, Keane. yeah. Harry Kuehl. I remember him all,
1: but... Harry uh, Alan Smith. United signed Alan but Smith. they don't you know? play it anymore, shameless. Do you remember <laughs> Ian Hart back in the day? Like I don't know if we ever played fancy football. I feel like we I think we, think we did. Have, I, think I think Ian Hart, did, just before, correct me
0: if I'm wrong, but did he have a spell with Reading? Uh, I feel like that's... I think we could have had Ian Hart taking free kicks for Reading back in the early days. But yeah, in regards to Leeds, I can't say I celebrated too much, but I am delighted to have a team with such a massive uh, history behind them coming back into the Premier League. Not too dissimilar to Aston Villa last year. I'm delighted to see Villa come, come back up last year, and I'm delighted to see him stay in the league this year. And yeah, I hope Leeds can can kick on here and start a whole new chapter for themselves. You know, what about you, Seamus? Yeah, me too. Same same as, um,
1: like you said, with Villa. I was happy to see Villa survive on the final day of the season this year. Um, You know, for no other reason than uh, they are kind of one of those bigger clubs. You want to see them in the Premier League. You want to see them do well. They have the stadium, the fans. Um, Leeds are kind of similar like that. Um, They haven't been in the Premier League so long. It's good to see them back. And uh, I was happy to see them up didn't celebrate that much because I don't really care that much um, but it will be good to see the United um, uh, Manchester United Leeds United rivalry next season again because those fans hate each other we're not from Manchester so I have, don't really care about Leeds but uh, you know I do know the uh, the Manchester based fans hate those Leeds fans yeah, and there's a big
0: rivalry there that I'm sure will be resumed but yeah so I think that about wraps up this episode Seamus and wraps up the 2019-2020 season for the FPL hangover, uh, how are you feeling? How are you feeling that we're about to say goodbye?
1: Good, good. <laughs> um, I've been dying to go to the toilet for about the last forty-five minutes. Yes. So, I, if you were watching it on camera, I am probably jumping around a small bit yeah. more, uh, and that's the reason why. So, um, yeah, I'm really happy we're wrapping up. Fair right enough. Now. I'm, I'm not too far behind. <laughs> but I had a good season. Yeah, I had a good season. I, I, good season. Uh, I enjoyed. All these pods, um, even episodes and weeks where I was so sick of fantasy football, a couple of minutes of uh, just me and you chatting and um, getting questions from listeners um, definitely helps the recovery. Yeah from a bad FPL
0: yes it does the yeah, hangover, that's hangover. So There you go. it's already just set itself up so nice for you there Seamus didn't it the hangover but uh, yes and one more time I would like to thank everyone that's taken part in any bit of the season so far that's all the communities we're part of I know Seamus you've got your girls of Ireland chat and there's the FPL community on Twitter there's communities all over the place and it's just getting bigger and bigger so you know with that in mind again thank you for everything Uh, I would usually say you know enjoy the next game week but that's uh, that's coming to that's all done that's not happening Seamus have you anything to to wish anyone
1: no just enjoy
0: your summer guys Uh, what's left of it
1: and we'll see you before you even know it God bless